Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Before we start the show, I just want to share with you my big news, which is the We Don't Die Orlando live event is now open for registration. It will be held end of March 2019, and you can choose to either attend for three days or five days. Five days is going to include some really powerful workshops. Some of the speakers, I have the keynote speaker will be Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, physical medium Scott Milligan will be there, Brazilian scientist Sonia Rinaldi with all her pictures and audios from people in the afterlife, and many, many, many more great people. You will, and this is my promise, discover the world's top information about the afterlife. You will see many spectacular demonstrations, and you'll even get to tap into your own soul power. Plus, you'll be with me. It'll be fun. You can find out more at wedontdieorlando.com. Today on the show, we are going to talk about healing combined with our favorite subject of the afterlife. We are souls having a human experience, and we are so much more powerful than we know. Our guest today is Elaine Kuzmeskis, who is a nationally recognized spiritualist medium and director of the New England School of Metaphysics in Suffield, Connecticut. She is the she is also an author of eight books, including The Art of Mediumship, the medium who baffled Houdini, and her latest book, Healing with Spirit. Elaine has been featured on The Paranormal View, Better Connecticut, the PBS special, Things That Go Bump in the Night, Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, and many more. You may remember this name because back in May 2016, I did interview Elaine on episode 97, but in the last three years, so much has happened in her world, and I'm really excited to catch up with her and find out more about Healing with Spirit. Her website is theartofmediumship.com. Elaine Kuzmeskis, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you for having me on, Sandy. It's always a pleasure to share spirit with people. Oh, it's great. And you and I got to catch up just a few minutes before I hit the record button. And I just love you. And I'm so grateful that you you continue to do so much uh, giving and serving and sharing and writing. You're a rock star. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I was born with a natural curiosity. You know how they say curiosity killed the cat? But people forget the second part satisfaction brought him back. So oh. My curiosity has taken me many places. I didn't know that was the full expression. Yes, and people don't realize that. No. But I always say it's good to be curious. That's how you learn. It sure and, is. And uh, I, was, I was born with the gift of uh, clairvoyance as a child. I used to see my Hindu guide in my crib, and he'd talk to me and tell me things about the chakras and different things that Hindus talk about. And I always believed him and I always felt this was like my guiding angel watching over me and it gave me a sense of comfort. So I, I as, as he gave me advice, I began to explore more about clairvoyance and mediumship. However, it wasn't until I was about seven that I realized not everyone was clairvoyant and I was quite surprised. Right. So as with many uh, psychic children, I became very quiet about my visions. But now that I'm an adult, I can share them with everyone. Oh, I'm so glad you have. And um, before we get too much into it, I didn't realize this until you just mentioned it. You said you also teach psychology. Yes, I, I have a master's degree in counseling uh, from the University of Hartford. And the reason I got into counseling is I was a medium for many years, and I realized some of my clients had some very severe problems. And uh, I thought, I wish I knew more about counseling so I could help them. And uh, I went back to school and got my degree, and I've, I've worked uh, teaching psychology as well as parapsychology. But I, I feel the important thing is the comfort we give people that are grieving. I've learned a lot about the psychology of death and dying and counseling people through the grief process. So that's now part of my mediumship as well. Well, I'm grateful to you. Number one thing, common denominator of everything that I do is trying to comfort those grieving. And in fact, without going through grief myself, I don't think I would have ever written, we don't die and been on such a 
path to help people. It's something that we, is a wonderful yeah, book, and I recommend that to people who are grieving because you undertook that as a skeptic. You weren't sure, no. and you, you were very thorough in your examination of um, the afterlife. Yes, and now this almost six years later since writing the book, and now this is episode two hundred and ninety-one. Um, Isn't that I, something? I, it's amazing because it's not just what's in my book, but all these spectacular free conversations with extraordinary people like yourself that um, I know there's been many people that have, have really been helped by hearing sure. the guests. So this is going to be another and, one of those conversations. And do you remember how we met, Sandra? We met at, where was it? It was at Omega. I'll Omega, give you that's points. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew it was one of the um, workshops that I had attended. It was on a rainy, rainy, miserable four-day uh, event at Omega. But the weather was kept us indoors, so we talked quite a bit. And it was uh, the Tom and Lisa Butler's Electronic Voice Phenomena oh, that's Conference. That's right. That's right. It was marvelous. It was fantastic. And we both, we both kind of came with an open mind. Yeah. And I was just starting research for my book, Seance 101, which is on physical phenomena. I had my old cassette tape recorder. I didn't even have a digital tape recorder. And you brought yours. And they gave us so much practice that we both ended up getting EVPs. We did. And that Amazing. really changed my life when I heard Good Night, Sandra, coming from my recorder, which I was only. I, that about, I was drawn away when you told me that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And, but the people that were in our group, even though they didn't get, many of them didn't get EVPs or couldn't hear them. Uh, mm-hmm. Once they could hear ours, it was just like they knew that their deceased child still lives on or their spouse still lives on. And that was one of those times that I really realized the belief in the afterlife um, in, in hearing some of these things. It, it, it just helps the gr- grieving process so much. It does. And I had lost a dear friend, Reverend Carl Hewitt, who was a spectacular medium in February. And it was October when we went to the conference. And then the uh, night before we used to do a recording, Reverend Carl came through and said, I, not to get upset, I was going to be close to a breakthrough. And I was all excited. And when I did the recording, I had the two people who had died that year. One was Reverend Carl. He came through with a Class A EVP that said Carl in a Southern accent. And everyone agreed that was what it was. And then my uh, father-in-law, Anthony Kosmeskis, had died uh, in the summertime. And he came through and his message was protect there was a space, and then the word Anthony, very clear. Now, if that's not evidence, getting the first names of the two people that I knew and loved that year, I don't know what is. It was amazing. Yeah, and there's so much evidence on planet Earth. And one of the things I aim to do, which listeners, I know you've heard me say this a thousand times, but um, to, to bring it forward to people as a skeptic, Elaine, I didn't realize until after the fact, I was very opinionated, like people who had near-death experiences, I would say something like, well, that can't be true. That's got to be a a normal part of the brain shutting down that the people would Mm -hmm. see the white light or hear music and things. But I would make these blanket statements like I knew, but never took the time to really investigate. And so obviously, I've investigated so many things. And I... I have a little bit of pity for the Sandra 25 years ago who was so opinionated. But you know what? That makes me the perfect person, I think, to have these interviews. But to really uncover what the truth is, and and, um, there is evidence. So just... Right. Well, it certainly makes you a good investigator because you have to have an open mind in order to seek the truth. You can't come in with any kind of preconceived ideas. Mm -hmm. And there have been things that have been a little wacky that I say, oh, I can't really go for this. But, you know, I'm open. Yeah. I'm open. But I want to turn this now and talk about you, my dear. I am thrilled that you sent me your new book, Healing with Spirit. And um, maybe you can weave into this conversation, obviously, some afterlife things. But what yeah. had you, I mean, your, your previous books about afterlife and physical phenomena and mediumship and things like that. But you're delving into a very complimentary world about healing. But what mm-hmm. made you have, what made you write this book, Healing with Spirit? Well, I have so many of my clients who have health problems. And I'm always recommending that they they pray, meditate, use their intuition, 
and consider some of the other forms of modalities for healing. So I thought I really should write a book and, and, and let people know what's available. And I also have a chapter in the book, which I know is going to be extremely controversial. And that is one on negative spirits, because that's something that psychologists will never tackle. But I think it deserves a whole chapter, because we don't realize there are good and bad aspects to the afterworld. It's not all white light and beautiful music. There are people, when they die, they are just the same as they were when they were here. And some of these, I call them unevolved spirits, can be quite pesky. They can be a real problem. So just for example, Sandra, say you were a drug addict when you were on the earth plane and you die very suddenly at 25. Do you think you're going to go over to the other side and uh, go to the celestial realms? No. You're going to still want to fix or drink or whatever. And sometimes these negative spirits can be a problem, especially with addiction and mental illness. So I decided that it's just time. I, I waited to talk about this for a long time. Because as a medium, I do see the negative spirits around people, and I, I have ways to help you get rid of them. But that was one of the things that I thought I wanted to share with people, as well as the wonderful ways the uh, guides can help us. Because, of course, there are positive spirits that come in and are responsible for some of the negative, getting the negative spirits out of the way. And, you know, this is not new. Uh, what, healing with spirit really isn't a new idea. Hippocrates said many, many years ago, the natural forces within us are the true healers of disease. And Hippocrates was the father of medicine. Um, people don't realize this, but Hippocrates had guides that worked with him, and he talked about them, as did Plato talked about the daemon as one of his guides. But, you know, when uh, the historians write the history books, they often sanitize these experiences and either don't write about them or write very little. So I just felt it was time to kind of bring some of this out to people. And if it's controversy, so be it. I, you know, I hope people will take it with a grain of salt and investigate a little bit more. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about controversy and and the whole negative spirits thing is certainly controversial. Um, yeah. And there's uh, schools of like Arthur Finley College that, that don't buy into that. And there's plenty of people that do. And one of the things that I believe, and you probably tell people the same thing, is for as many billions of people that ever walked to this earth, um, really look inside yourself for the truth. Um, and, and that's part of our our journey and, and take what fits and take what empowers you for your life uh, from anything, from a radio show, from a book, from a speaker. Um, and that re- which resonates with you is, is your truth. So, um, yeah. Well, you I, know, what good I spirits. Yeah. Good spirits always have power over the negative spirits. Mm. So that's one of the messages of my book. Okay. When I was in Brazil, um, we had a cab driver who was a former air force officer very knowledgeable, and I wanted to ask him about the spiritist hospitals in Brazil because they really work with people with addictions by depossessing them. So I asked him about it. I said, is that true? You can help someone with addictions through spiritual healing? And he said, absolutely. My brother had a terrible drinking problem, and he went into a spiritist hospital in Annapolis, and he came out. He was there for a month. He hasn't had a drink since. So they do use, in a lot of the Brazilian hospitals, they use mediums who volunteer to do laying on of hands on patients, and they also use clairvoyance to help as well as prayer. And it's a wonderful adjunct. I think adjunctive therapy is going to be big in the future. Uh, I think the hospitals will invite, um, you know, trained professionals, Reiki masters, mediums, uh, healers to come in as an adjunct to the regular medical procedures and some of the hospitals are already doing this with good results yes yes and you mentioned brazil um a day job for whoever doesn't yeah. know is that i work with my mom and we do catering for race car teams and just two weeks ago i was in daytona at the 24 hours of daytona race feeding over 1500 people but i have a sign Ooh. up i have a big sign up that says we don't die i sign books there and 
you know, if people didn't know this afterlife part of me, they do now after they eat in my food tent. But there was uh, one of the um, race car drivers who's one of the champions is Brazilian. And his family members had come to the race. And his mother, who's older, and his aunt, and they started asking me about my book. And what I didn't realize is how the Brazilian mentality on the afterlife and spiritual healing, it's all like regular, almost, I don't want to say everybody believes, but I don't think in our country we've made this switch that um, it's such an open conversation about the belief in the afterlife. But I was really surprised to hear that it's just normal part of life in Brazil. So it gave me hope that at some point the rest of the world will follow suit and that we can not feel nervous about, oh, can we share this afterlife conversation with people? That it'll be more people talk about it than don't. So I think right. Brazil, Brazil's on the cutting edge of a lot, I think, spiritually. I know. I, I have a picture in Healing with Spirit where I'm in front of one of the Brazilian hospitals, the Spiritist hospitals, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be like a little hole-in-the-wall clinic, you know, you'd go downstairs, maybe two or three rooms. No, they're huge block-long hospitals, and uh, they're very much dedicated, the Spiritist, to healing. Yes. There are millions of Spiritists in Brazil who believe in the afterlife, in guides, and believe in using it as part of their service mm-hmm. to humanity. Mm-hmm. So it was exciting to be there. Can we talk about some of the healings? You can just give some examples. I know one of the big things I talk about on this show, and I know you know this, is that if we don't die, who are we? And we're souls having a human experience. So I think we have this untapped soul power that even though we are in the flesh, and we can really access some of these psychic abilities and healing abilities as we could in the hereafter. So I'm excited just to, uh, if you could just share maybe some examples of what you're talking about by healing. Of course. Well, first of all, one of the things I, I also do Reiki healing and people don't realize it, but when you put hands on people, not only can you change the energy body, but I've had the experiences of removing tumors from people. I had one woman came, she was ready for surgery. She had a tumor. Um, in her abdomen, and, you know, the doctor said she would have to have it removed. So she said, but I know you can heal me. And when she said that, I said, I have to try. So right. I said, come in. I put her on my Reiki table, and we did some sessions with her. Well, she came back a month later, and she was all excited. She said, I went in for my pre-op x-ray, and the tumor was totally gone. Extraordinary. And so I said, well, thanks, Spirit, for that. Uh, well, my, you know, you'd be surprised. I um, have a friend, uh, Mary, who was in Brazil with us, and she went to several healing sessions. And she had had asthma since she was 21. In fact, it was so bad that at one point she almost died from it. The paramedics didn't think she'd make it to the hospital. Well, now here she is, you know, 30 years later, and she went in for her annual x-ray from her asthma doctor. And uh, the asthma was completely gone. Amazing. You know, there's been so many people. I'm not saying I'm a firm believer. We need medical assistance. We should always take care of our health, take your medications, and follow your doctor's advice. But when you don't have any asthma, you don't need the medications, (laughs) you know. Um, My own husband, this is one of the reasons I got into this idea of spiritual healing, Unfortunately, Ron was injured in an accident, and um, his spine was so badly injured that it was the upper uh, cervical vertebrae, and the doctor was afraid to operate because he said you could be paralyzed. So he was out of work for a couple of years. And I had a friend who had seen uh, Reverend Alex Orbito. He's one of the Filipino healers. He's a psychic surgeon. He does miracles. Well, I was excited, so I decided we have got to try this. And Ron and I both went, and Alex Orbito puts his hands literally in the body, and he, he removes tumors, he, he straightens out issues, and Alex Orbito completely removed the pain from Ron's upper cervical disc. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I became a believer right then. Uh, unfortunately, because of the medical constraints. Uh, Reverend Alex doesn't visit the United States anymore, but he's still, I believe, working in his clinic in the Philippines. So that really got my mind thinking about Mm -hmm. all the wonderful things that spiritual healers do. And I began to really study some of the aspects of it. You know, um, 
the the uh, Yellow Emperor's book is 5,000 years old, and it talks about spiritual healing and acupuncture. Uh, one of the reasons, have you ever had acupuncture, Sandra? I have. Did you, Was it helpful? Well, it's interesting. I didn't really do it for anything, but I, I went with a friend who had acupuncture, and I wasn't really sure, you know, if I believed in it or not, but it's, you know, thousands of years old. And the acupuncturist just asked me if he could give me a demonstration. And he put some of the needles in my arm and just Mm -hmm. you. And my arm went 100% numb. And I Mm -hmm. thought right there, that's something. That's something powerful. And so, um, yeah, he stuck a few needles in my ears and things like that. But just to see on the court that, yes, this does work. Because I do know people that have used acupuncture instead of pain relief it, and, and all that. It so absolutely does I believe, work. And I even, believe. Yeah. even the National Institute of Health will recommend ap, uh, acupuncture for certain types of chronic pain. But the book about acupuncture system is 5,000 years old. It's been this idea of the energy body, because yes. I believe acupuncture works on your energy body, and it heals the energy body, and then the physical body is healed. And to me, this is really exciting research that the National Institute of Health is doing on acupuncture and also on Reiki and some of the other healing modalities, because I do feel eventually it's going to lead doctors to the conclusion that we are more than a physical body, that we have an energy body as well. And if we work with this energy body, we could heal the physical, which is the whole premise of um, of spiritual healing. And also the idea of spiritual guides. I think that'll take a little longer for science to accept, but I do think they will fairly soon begin to accept the idea of an energy body. The Russians call it the bioplasm. Um, the Chinese call it qi. The Japanese call it qi. So it, this energy body's been known about for many, many centuries. Right. And um, um, yeah, where should we go from here? How about the guides? Because I think guides are very important. I know I talked about uh, my Hindu guide who I met as a child, but as as you go through life and as you grow, different guides will come in. And when I started writing, I started to get uh, guides that were writers that came in and helped me. And one of the guides was Rod Serling. He came in occasionally and he talked to me. And uh, another one was Jack Kerouac. Who, and these are well-known writers. And at first I didn't know what to make of it. I said, well, are they really here? Could this be true? And I I always like to sort of test the spirit. So I went to a spirit card seance. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it, but I've never been. Okay. Well, in my book, Seance 101, Physical Mediumship, I have a whole chapter about spirit cards and Reverend Hoyt Robinette. And what Reverend Hoyt Robinette does is he puts three by five cards into a cobra basket. A cobra basket is lined with cotton, so there's no light in it. And these cards go in there, and the spirits actually write the names of your guides on it. Well, I didn't know what to make of it. Uh, the first time I went, I was a little, uh, not a little, I was skeptical. Of I'm course. not going to lie. Of course. And, of course, when Reverend Hoyt greeted me at the door, he knew right away why I came early. I was sitting in the front seat to make sure he had nothing up his sleeve. <laughs> but I didn't have to worry about it because Hoyt always wears short sleeves. He's he's a real veteran medium and a wonderful man, Reverend Hoyt Robinette. Uh, so I I got my first spirit card. It had the names of my guides, and it also was had a picture that was done in charcoal gray and green. It turned out that particular evening I was wearing a pair of charcoal gray pants and an emerald green uh, emerald green sweater. So I said, "Oh my goodness!" They even knew what clothes I was wearing. So I became mm-hmm. a believer right at that point. But since then, I've had many, many spirit cards. And on one of my cards, I was blessed to have the name of Rod Serling, even though I never told anybody about it, and another Jack Kerouac, as well as my my grandparents. Now, my grandparents had an unusual name, Brickett. And so I did get on my card, Harry and uh, Catherine Brickett, spelled correctly. So it does show that they were there and they had put the name on their card. Another card... Uh, I got the names of Reverend Gladys and Kenneth Custance, which is, again, an unusual name, Custance. Right. And they were my dear, dear teachers who taught me mediumship and were my lifelong friends. So I was thrilled to get those. And to me, 
that is absolute proof that these spirits are around when they can come through and put their names on spirit cards. I, I know it's a little far out for most of your listeners, but I would say be open to the idea that spirit can come through in a physical way. And that's one of the reasons I'm so excited you're having Scott Mulligan come to your event uh, in February, because people are going to see for themselves that there is such a thing as physical mediumship. Yeah, it's crazy. But once I witnessed so much phenomena, then it's like, well, what else is possible? And then this is the most basic thing, but even thinking of like the conception of a human being that in this dark place that we have every gene and everything we need to grow into the people we are with intelligence and Sometimes when we step, take a step back, we can start seeing that just about everything in our life is miraculous. So these things that seem a little bit outrageous and fantastic and, oh, how can that be? It's made me realize that um, there's so much more to us than meets the eye. And even down to our tiniest atom, all we are is vibrating energy that science has proven. But right. we humans buy into, um, you know, that. This is it. Well, we can anyways. Well, to me, life is sacred. Yes. Uh, and as we, we respect life, we respect humanity. Mm-hmm. And this is how human uh, the humanity evolves through it, spiritual yes. principles. Yeah. And when a nation forgets spiritual principles like Germany did in the 1930s, it begins persecuting other people. The nation, I believe, goes downhill. So uh, as, a, as a group, our whole nation, I think, is going to have to evolve into a more spiritual consciousness. And I think it will. I, I think that a lot of what people are reading about today, about the spiritual world, will help us uh, as a nation and as a world. So yes. it's a very important study. Yeah, there are people, in, and the uh, February event you're talking about is, I'm holding an event called We Don't Die Boston, which is just a couple weeks away. There still are a few seats available if anybody's interested. We Don't Die Boston.com is that website. But there are people traveling from all over the world that maybe read a book or heard this show. And I know for myself, I went from the non believer to believer. And now being able to share it with many has been very healing for my life. And you know, it's really helped comfort some grieving parents and people. And, we, you know, we start to blossom to our own spirituality. So I really do think, Elaine, we are living in a time that this conversation is changing on the planet. And while there will still be some negative people out there, um, I think people are searching. And for those who are looking, we've got some pretty incredible answers and i love it i think it's good to search i i, I always recommend read all you can on the subject and then come to your own dis- conclusion exactly. it's important because we want to i think it's important to have a rational mind as well as sure. an intuitive mind yeah Can, on that let's get back to um our spirit guides a little bit in the mm-hmm. book you have an exercise about helping us um reach our spirit guides and find out who they are can you talk a little bit about that Yes, I think I think there are many ways you can uh, reach your spirit guides, and I think one of the best is through meditation. Um, are you able to meditate regularly? Well, I would say yes, but there's always oh, more I could do. <laughs> well, I, I think meditation is very important, and I have on page 43 of the book an exercise called Meet Your Spirit Guide, and it's a, it's a wonderful exercise, and it just begins with taking some time for yourself, turning off the phone, having a pen and notebook by your side, and then you can either read this exercise into a recorder and play it back, or you can have a friend read it to you. Uh, And I suggest that you just read it very slowly and gently, and it basically is based on going to a place that you love to relax. Many people, it's the beach, and as you do the exercise, uh, you'll become progressively relaxed. Now, when people are progressively relaxed, the mind goes from the beta waking state to the alpha relaxed state. And when you're in this very, very relaxed state, you can actually begin to make contact with the spirit world. And you know, our unconscious mind is very literal. If we say, and now you're going to have the experience of being on the other side, 
or now you will see the face of your spirit guide, your mind will do that. So the exercise, I would say, takes about a half hour. And as you do this exercise, I suggest you do it um, uh, three times because, you know, it takes a while, like anything. If you do it three times, I do think people will begin to experience. Now, you may not see your guide. You may feel your spirit guide. I know when I first began uh, studying for mediumship, I went to a group in Brookline, Massachusetts on a weekly basis, Friday evenings, to develop my own mediumship so I could be professional. Even though I had the gift of clairvoyance, it takes more than that to be a medium. You've got to be able to contact the other side on a regular basis and with great detail. So I used to meditate in my apartment on Sutherland Road in Brookline. Every day at the same time, at, uh, it, was, it was two in the afternoon. And from two to three, I would position myself, my head north, my feet south, which I read about the Edgar Casey material, and I would gently go into a meditative state. One day, I went further than I ever had, and I saw a sea of faces. And Edgar Casey had said, if you see a sea of faces, don't stop there in meditation go further to the higher realm. So I pushed myself mentally further. And I saw this gentleman in a wheelchair. He unfortunately had lost his lower limbs. And he smiled at me and he said, I'm your relative. And then I saw this tiny lady with a purple flower. And she said, that's my name. And then I was back in my body. I snapped back in like I I got the message. So I didn't know what to make of it. And the next time I saw my mother, I said, do we have any relatives that lost their lower limbs? And she said, yes, Grandpa Brickett in his last year of life had diabetes and they had to amputate his limbs. But he was okay because he had a housekeeper named Violet. And that was the little lady that came through. And then I knew with absolute certainty that I was a true medium, that I could contact the spirits at will. And I wouldn't have been able to get that personal experience if I hadn't made the commitment every day to meditate at the same time and place. Because as you do that, you build up the energy, your body becomes more accustomed to the other side, and you send the thought out, you send a light out that you want to make contact with the spirit world. And on the other side, it's like a telephone line. They receive the message, and they try to come through and to be helpful. So that was my first really absolute experience that I knew I was contacting this other side and able to do so. I had an experience a couple years ago through meditation and and, it, and it's it can be difficult because my mind wants to think about what I still need to do that day what's undone and so for me I just try to concentrate on my breath and let go of those thoughts but at one time I was still aware that I was in my room but all of a sudden I it was like my mind just went totally peaceful I heard some piano music and I saw as clear as can be my grandmother's face and it was amazing. And then all of a sudden, I think I, I, you know, my mind caught into what was happening. And I thought, wow. And then all of a sudden, I was just back in my room. And, you know, I, I lost it. But it was really practicing letting go of the thoughts. And the, like you say, the more and more you do it, it puts the mind at peace. And I think that's the access way for you know not only seeing those in the afterlife or meeting our spirit guides, but where we can tap into our own divinity and our own healing powers. Right. And I always like to begin my meditation with a prayer, the Lord's Prayer or whatever you resonate with, because I think that sets up the intention that you're only going to receive the highest and best information. Yes. Very good. Very important. There's different kinds of guides. That, um, yes, I'm on your page you know, 43. I'm glad you mentioned that because we do have our personal guides, like my Hindu guide and different people. But you have guides that come in on what I call on a as-needed basis. And, um, oh, maybe about 10 years ago, I was going to mail a letter, and um, I decided to go to the post office, which is about two miles from our, our home. And I said, you know, it was an evening, nine in the evening. I said, I'll just put it in. It'll go out first thing in the morning. Well, on the way home, I heard thump. Thump, thump, thump. I had a a flat tire. And it was like very cold. It was like one of those 10-degree January evenings. Yes. And I didn't have a cell phone. And there there, wasn't any pay phones nearby. So I thought, what am I going to do? Should I just abandon the car so I don't ruin the rim of the tire? Or what should I do? And I was kind of in a quandary. And next guess, the next thing I knew, the spirit of our 
mechanic that had died earlier in the year, Ernie. We used to call him Mobile Ernie because he owned the mobile station in town. was right beside me. And I was like shocked. (laughs) Even though I'm used to spirit, I I hadn't seen him in a while. And Ernie said very quietly, he always called me Mrs. Kosmeskis. I'd say, please call me Elaine. He said, no, Mrs. Kosmeskis. He was very, very Polite. polite and wonderful. He said, Mrs. Kosmeskis, just drive very slowly. And you will not ruin the tire rim. And I did. It took me about 20 minutes to do the two miles, but I got home and I would turn to thank him and he disappeared. And that was the only time I've ever seen Ernie. And I think he just came in on an as needed basis. I sent that thought out, what am I going to do next? And he came in because he was a wonderful friend to us as well as our mechanic. So you never know. Sometimes guides will come in just because you need them at that particular time. And other guides are lifelong guides. They're with you from birth. I do truly believe everybody does have, I call them a guardian angel or a special guide. And I feel that they are with you from birth and their job is to protect you from danger and to keep you on the on the highest path that you can be on, which is very important. Uh, years ago, I went to Lilydale Assembly. And I had a reading with a woman, she's called the Angel Lady, Sherry Lee Cockins. And she told me the most interesting thing about angels. She said, you know, before you were born, the angels had to save your father's life. She said he almost died in his 20s. And I thought, well, that's true. But how would she know that? Well, she do it because she's a medium. But uh, my father, Ted Marshall, was in the Pacific during World War II, and he had been separated from his platoon. And for two weeks, he didn't have any food and water. And he had to live on vegetation and drink whatever uh, crummy water he could find. And he went from like 165 pounds down to about 120 by the time he got out. Uh, But he almost died. And she said the angels protected him. And eventually his platoon caught up and they saved his life. But, you know, that's true. When you are in danger, you do have these angels that are there to watch over you and to help and guide you. Um, And the Bible is filled with stories about angels. But, you know, Sandra, I'm like you. I'm a little bit of a hardhead. I never believed in angels until I actually met one. Well, let's hear about that. I never, I I always thought they were a myth and they were the higher spirits. And this is how the Bible was to inspire us. But. I never thought of them as, as, as angels, you know? Well, about, oh, maybe 15 years ago, I was very sick. I woke up in the early hours of the morning, about 2 in the morning. And I thought, oh, I've never had such stomach pains. I feel terrible. And then I thought, well, should I wait till the early morning and go to the ER, or should I wake my husband up now and have him take me? And I, I really didn't want to go 2 in the morning. I right. just didn't. So I said, I'm going to go down to my office downstairs and meditate. So I quietly crept out of bed, went downstairs, sat on my green couch in the office, and I had the, a low lap on, and I just started to meditate. And I, I couldn't believe it. Within about one or two breaths, an angel appeared right next to me. And angels are tall. One I saw didn't have wings, but they were in the white flowing robes and a taller being and started talking to me. And the angel said, in a very calm and deliberate voice, every effort will be made to keep you in the body. Wow. And then yeah. told me to rest. So I said, well, okay, if I can sleep until 6 or 7 in the morning, that's probably the best. So I did lie down. I went to sleep. And when I woke up at 7, I was fine. I didn't have any stomach pain. I didn't have any swelling. I was fine. I had received a healing from the angel. Well, of course, after that, I did believe in angels, but... I really was surprised, and um, I, I have complete faith that the angelic realm does surround the, the earth plane and does try to elevate our thoughts and bring in very good things. And, you know, angels are interesting. They don't tell you what to do, yes. but they're there to guide, to elevate your thoughts, but they're not, they're not going to say you have to or you must, because the higher guides know we have free will, right? Yes. and they will give you advice, but it's up to us to take it. Yeah, that's part of our journey being human. And one thing I know I've heard from people, even myself, is, oh, if I have these our angels and these spirit guides, I sure would like to know. 
But what I haven't done, Elaine, really, is made the practice of quieting my mind and meditating to allow that communication to happen. So for those that are like me, that want it so bad, well, there's a practice to do, and that's starting to quiet the mind. And like you said earlier, have that intention, have that request, mm-hmm. and and the, well, they will show up. What I, I want to ask, too, is are the angels, the angelic world, the spirit guides, are they tied in with healing? Absolutely. And I, I think doctors, doctors that are extremely good in their profession, have many guides around them. They don't have to see them, but they'll even say every now and then, I was going to go into surgery and I had this thought, this is going to be more difficult than usual. And I think they lo- I think the angels love to help people in the medical profession because they need the extra help. And yes. that's why they're so they're so strong. And, um, you know, I love the hospitals that are like in the spiritist hospitals, but we also have wonderful uh, Methodists and Catholic hospitals that are dedicated not just to physical care, but spiritual care as well. Yeah. yeah you know, so that's a very important component. I didn't think about that with doctors. You know, there's a reason they're in their field and not to forget that they could have a whole army of people in the unseen world behind them helping heal. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about Caroline Mace. I know she is um, has actually predicted and diagnosed people or is that the right word? I mean, there are people out there. Right. Diagnosis, yes. Yeah. She's a medical intuitive, and mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. She had a small uh, publishing company in New Hampshire, and she began to get interested in metaphysical books, but she really didn't think she was gifted. And she began to get things when she was just having coffee with a friend, a thought would come in. Uh, and she began to explore her own intuition, and she teamed up with uh, Dr. Norman Sheely, who's an excellent uh, writer and a uh, physician. And he said, well, why don't we see if you could use medical intuition? And he called her on the phone, and we give someone, uh, give the person's name and their age. You know, they might say, this is Mary Smith, age 33. And she would begin to describe their medical condition. And then, of course, Dr. Shealy could treat it more properly. And he's, he claims that she had a 97% accuracy rate. And uh, he wrote, uh, Dr. Shealy has written a book on medical intuition. And, of course, Carolyn Mice has written several wonderful books. Very gifted uh, woman. And I believe now she has a school to teach medical intuition. Yeah, it's extraordinary. When I, I'd taken a course in remote viewing Mm-hmm. Um, back at the Omega Center, <laughs> where we met. Oh, with, nice. I, I, the remote view is very interesting, too. Yeah, Russell Targ, who is a physicist, retired now, but really mm-hmm. into EV, not, not ESP, I guess I'm saying, extrasensory mm-hmm. perception. And he was one of the founding fathers of the laser beam. So really extraordinary. But one of these exercises we did, and again, common denominator, is quieting the chatter in the mind and Mm -hmm. having the intention. But just playing around, we each got a partner and we would just play with this medical diagnosis. I mean, and um, Mm. and, and not that people were sick or things, but just what aches and pains they had or whatever. Or they could write down a name of somebody in their life. We would hold the card and I was astonished with almost everybody in the room, how much accuracy they had. And it just told, it's just one other example that showed me we are souls having a human experience. We are so much more powerful than we know. If we start to believe that these things are possible, I'm going to look out because some really miraculous things can happen. I agree. And I think to be open to the possibility mm-hmm. is the thing I would urge everyone to at least read or explore the idea that we can heal with spirit. And, you know, the subtitle of my book, Healing with Spirit, is Health Intuition, which ties in with yes. Carolyn Mice, Clairvoyance, which is my specialty, and Afterlife Communications. Yeah. And I really do hope that um, people will be inspired by this idea that your intuition can be very helpful in understanding your health. People often say, I had a feeling this was going to happen. And well, our, our clairvoyance that if you are meditating and you do see a spirit that recognize the spirit, which is important and afterlife communications. My, I often these gifts could run in families. My grandmother, uh, Catherine Brickett, I called her Nana. She was very psychic. In fact, uh, in her days, women didn't work, but she would sometimes read the cards for people. Mm-hmm. And 
she would be so accurate to get her into trouble. My uncle John had a fiance, Polly, and he it was Christmas time, and she read for Polly, and she goes, Polly, you're going to get a beautiful pair of leather gloves. Oh, and I see this rose-colored scarf. You're going to love it. And a ring. And he was so mad. <laughs> he said to his mother, how dare you go in my room and go through my things? And she said, no, it was the spirits. And oh, she was funny. uncannily accurate. Got her into trouble. And sometimes it gets me into trouble, too. I have to be careful. I Sometimes I'll, I'll pop out and I said, oh, boy, I probably should have said that. Even if it's true, they may not be ready to hear it. Oh, I'm sure. Um, now, healing, um, can you just give us some of the basics of healing? Because, you, you know, I will encourage people to get a copy of Healing with Spirit from Elaine. Yeah. But just some of the basics. Is prayer necessary? Uh, meditation I think, necessary? I think- what, what I think would you suggest? Two things. Prayer is the petition or asking, and meditation is the way you receive your answer. And one of the things that I did start the book out with ways you could develop your intuition. And I use the scientific method, the Zenner cards, which were developed at Ryan University. Have, have you ever seen the Zenner cards? No. Uh-uh. Oh, if you saw the movie Ghostbusters, they used yes. them in the okay. movie. They're the circle, cross, wavy line. Uh, and oh, square, I do. I just didn't know that. Was, I didn't know that was the name of them. Yes. Yeah, they were developed by Dr. Zenner, and actually, uh, they were used in the early parapsychology experiments to test clairvoyance and telepathy, because they'd have somebody in the room look at the Zenner card, say it's a circle, and somebody in another room as a receiver, and that would show that uh, the receiver was had telepathy and clairvoyance. Um, interesting experiment. And so I talk about the Zenner cards and how you can begin to use those to train your own intuition. And I also give people my method, which I prefer, which is, of course, um, using your own senses of meditation. And also, I do feel everybody can do an intuition exercise. And I have my students at the New England School of Metaphysics in the Basics of Mediumship course do this. And that is, it's called the Week Ahead Exercise. Once a week, meditate, and then take a a pen pen and paper and write down three events that you think will take place in the future. And they could be mundane things like Aunt Polly's going to call on Monday or I'm going to run out of peanuts on Friday, whatever you like. Or it could be more world events like I see a natural disaster in Idaho. And do this. um, Try this for six weeks, and you'll be surprised. People have more intuition than they realize. They really do. But they often discount it or ignore it. So that's one thing I talk about intuition. Mm -hmm. And then I give exercises uh, to help your clairvoyance, including one that I used in my uh, yoga class when I used to take yoga. The teacher used to have the candle meditation to help us with clairvoyance. I have that in the book. And then we also talk about, which is very important, uh, the spirit guides. Everyone has a spirit guide. And if your intention is to be a healer, and I hope people will consider that, you may want to con- contact your spirit guide. Because I do feel that spirit guides have a way of shaping our lives more than we realize. Uh, for example, uh, when I wrote the book, The Medium Who Baffled Houdini, I, I had been uh, selected to do the National Houdini Seance in 1997, and that got my interest in um, the medium Marjorie Crandon with a Boston medium. But I didn't want to devote, you know, a whole year of studying and researching her if there wasn't anything to her life story. Right. So I asked my teacher, Reverend Kenneth Customs, because he lived in Boston in the 1920s, and his sister was married to a Harvard professor. And Marjorie Crandon was married to a Harvard professor. So I felt their paths might have crossed. And he said, yes, they did. And I said, well, Kenneth, was Marjorie Crandon a real medium? And he just kind of looked at me, very slowly started to smile, and he said, of course, she was the real, a real medium. And I, I knew he wouldn't lie to me, and I knew he cared about me, and I said, well, I'm going to go forward and research the book. And I'm glad I did, because I learned so much about another topic, physical mediumship, right. that it became a life... I think the next last uh, 15 years, I've been doing research on physical phenomena. And at Kenneth's funeral, this is how spirit works. I don't know. You go to the funeral. It's a memorial service. You're, of course, very sad. But he was 99 years young when he died. So 
we were expecting it. But I, I don't care how old a person is when you die. It's always hard to say goodbye. It's always tough. So afterwards, we were in the church basement and having some coffee and treats. And all of a sudden, Reverend Gail Hicks came over and introduced herself. And I thought she was a very interesting lady. And she invited me to attend a physical phenomena seance with Reverend Hoyt Robinette. She says, when Rod... When Reverend Hoyt comes in, you ought to come to one of his seances. And I said, well, of course, I'd be interested. And that got me started on researching physical phenomena. I've gone to about oh, 20 of Reverend Hoyt's uh, seances, and they've all been exceptional. But I really do feel that Reverend Kenneth Custance was very much present in the spirit at his memorial service, and he knew that was something I was interested in. So he nudged uh, Gail to come over and talk to me. Nice. And that's kind of how things have been with my writing. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. You sort of, something will come in intuitively, and the next thing you meet a person who's also involved, and one thing leads to another. Yeah, it's a story of my life with this whole afterlife journey, never thinking I would be the spokesperson I am <laughs> for the afterlife, but there's no backing out people. Not that I would, but the things that have shown up are pretty miraculous. But Elaine, I want to just get to one thing about healing that I think it's yeah. important. There are such things as physical healings. Yes, there are mm -hmm. such yeah, things absolutely. like you said with addictions, there's healings that way. There could yeah. be psychological and spiritual healings. I, I know when my dad was close to his, and I read every book I could find on healing, physical healing. I was trying to put lay my hands and send vibrations. I tried everything, but he did not physically live. Something's got to check us out of this life one way or the other. So a physical healing may not take place. But what I didn't realize is dad's physical death the way he did go led me to everything that I'm doing and where I am right now. So I guess my question is, what are your thoughts that like not everybody's going to get a physical healing? Do you know what I'm kind of asking? I, I know what you're saying. I I feel this way. Mo almost everyone is going to receive a mental healing, peace of mind, a feeling of, of harmony in themselves when they do, uh, when they work with spiritual healing. But some people, it may be their time to pass. I, I'm not a fatalist. I'm really not. I feel that we have certain exit points in our lives. Like, for example, I was almost killed in a car accident when I was 24. Oh, and that. I came very, very close. Um, my clavicle was broken in three places. And one was just a half an inch from piercing my heart. Uh, and it took a lot of recovery, but I did recover. And I think that was like an exit point. And my angels, and I, I know my mother needed me, and... Um, you know, they, they saved my life. And that got me really dedicated to mediumship because my clairvoyance really became strong after that. Uh, spirits would be walking in through the walls and talking to me and um, um, et cetera. And I said, this is it. I'm going to dedicate what's left in my life to serving people and doing the mediumship work. Mm -hmm. So it was a wake-up call. But I think there are other times when, um, when maybe you don't have the choice. When maybe you say, and you, when you incarnate, I'm only going to live 90 years or 40 years or whatever. And it doesn't mean the person is being punished. I feel sometimes, I'll give you an example. Say you uh, were curled during the Vietnam War and you were like 25 and you died with this feeling of being very unloved. Okay. Well, maybe you've made such tremendous spiritual service by giving the most, giving your all for your country that you come back and you only need to live 40 years. So you come back and you have a short, it's called a shorter life, but, but you accomplish a lot. You have a family, you have people who love you, and those things that weren't completed in your past life become completed. So, But I, I, I do feel that we, we have free will. If we want to live longer, we can certainly have the mindset to expand our lives. And I think God always gives us opportunities. I really do. But there are some people, it's almost like they they pretty much set that that's as long as they want to live. And, and the healing will certainly bring them peace of mind, but they may decide to pass over. How old was your father when he died, by the way? 74. Okay, so, you know, at least he, he got the majority of his life. It might have been nice to have him live another 10 years, but, but you well, know. And I, I would never have been on this path. I wouldn't be interviewing you right now. 
Right. Besides you, what the beautiful words you shared to me with me about my dad before we started this episode, I've had other mediums as well say that yeah, they walk side present. by side. And so, I, you know, I'm, I'm really comforted by that. The relationship's not over. He's still no. serving the world, being by my side. Sometimes I get these great ideas. Sometimes I just get a flash of my dad's face in my mind when I'm not oh, looking my. for it. And I'm just, I just trust he's here. Okay, Pop. Well, I will say absolutely, if I've learned anything from the years I put into mediumship, is that death does not end a relationship. No. It does not. It, the relationship continues. You don't have the person in the physical form, but but their presence is there. And, of course, spirits feel just as sad when they pass over. They miss us. They do. Uh, one of the things I talk about in the book, uh, which is healing grief, yes. I think it's very important to, to realize grief is a real process, mm-hmm. and it does take time. It does. No but question. if there's anything you can do, I think meditating, prayer, make, remembering your loved ones, sometimes making a scrapbook, uh, sharing memories with family people. And I always think it's wonderful to remember that our spirits consider the day they died as their new birthday. So put a flower out or say a prayer for your loved one on the day they died, because that's their new entrance to the other side. Mm. Um, and uh, and also, the spirits want us to be happy. I'm sure your father would want you to be happy, at peace, doing things that you love. That would bring comfort to him. Right, right. Oh, Elaine, you're the best. Oh, thank you so much, Sandra. And you are also. Oh, I really admire, admire your book, We Don't Die, and thanks. and your event coming up is going to be exciting. Yeah, and for those people that are in Boston with us, Elaine will be there on Friday morning, and um, she'll have copies of her book that I'm sure you'd be happy to sign. And I'd be delighted to, to sign her. them. Elaine, is there anything I haven't asked you that I should or any closing words you want to share? Because it's about that time to wrap it up. Well, I guess I would just uh, recommend that people read Healing with Spirit. There's many exercises to develop your intuition, clairvoyance, and help you communicate with your loved ones. And to let people know that no matter where they are in the journey of life, there's always spiritual help available. Mm, That's beautiful. And your website? Tell us your website. It's www.the art of mediumship and i will be posting this interview and others that i've done in the past uh, for people to go over as well as my astrology blog every month i put an astrology blog to let people know about the moon cycles oh that's fun so that's there's a lot I of information i hope they'll check it out know. boy you really have tapped into so much in your life and, and then including teaching psychology as well as mediumship and you're a woman that you find something you're interested in and it becomes a passion and you just explore it and you share it. So I love that about you. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure to do so. You inspire me to do the same thing. Well, again, Elaine, thank you for being on our show and for our listener. Thank you for taking the time to listen. This is now episode 291. Uh, episodes and you can find all the episodes on we don't die radio.com and as a reminder on that site i have a very healing audio called how to survive grief um i've got a, a pdf file just called sandra's 19 reasons to believe in the afterlife um what else do i need to tell you uh yeah just a, a couple more plugs for these live events if the last minute call for anyone who wants to come to Boston end of February 2019, you go to we don't die There are a few spaces left in Scott Milligan's Wednesday night seance for people that are interested. And then brand new is we don't die Orlando.com. And we will be having workshops and the three day power packed weekend. And if you are interested in physical mediumship, the seances are not part of the weekend because that's not for everybody. But if it is for you, when you read the description on Scott Milligan, there's a little line that says click here to find out more about the seances. So they're, they're pretty fantastic. And I feel so grateful that I get to be an ambassador for the spirit world and, and be able to share all this. So lastly, I want to just thank you. Thank you for being on this journey, whether it's your first episode or your 291st with us, uh, whether you've ever heard about me or Elaine before or not, it really doesn't matter. You being here today, it's, it's just 
enhances or opens up your own spirituality. And beyond a shadow of a doubt, I do believe we are souls having a human experience when we can practice quieting our mind and all the thoughts and having our intention on meditation with a prayer, with the intention. I mean, our world just opens up and we can really access the unseen world. I've heard it said so many times from our guests, including myself, that I never thought I had psychic powers or had any kind of medium mystic abilities, but I do. But it takes our intent and our practice of quieting the mind and meditating. And like I said, having that prayer. prayer. Uh, I love hearing about our spirit guides from Elaine and and um, using that tool too. I mean, I'm going to do her exercise and, and start practicing, practicing that. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. And as always, I'm so happy I get to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I hope to meet you in person in February or March, or you know, keep an eye on we don't die radio.com because I'll be posting other places I'll be speaking and other great events that I know of if you're interested in, in the subject. So again, thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.